Today, I want us to continue to, um, to process through this whole idea of gates. Uh, I would remind you of that scripture in Isaiah 62, verse 10, where it says, go through, go through the gates. There are some things, there's some places, gates, we said last week, aren't places where we stop, where we build, um, where we, where we build our, our houses and live forever, but they're transitional places. They're places we, we go through to get to other places that God, God has for us. And so, um, go through the gates, prepare the way of the people, build up, build up. I believe God's got some gates he wants us to go through that are going to help us to impact the lives of, um, of other people. Amen? Amen. So we're going to pick up on this today. And what I want to do is I want to talk about some gates and we'll identify some heroes as we go along. But um, just some specific gates that I've just kind of felt the prompting of the Lord uh, on my heart that these are some things that we need to elevate in our lives. And, and one of the gates, it's the gate of remembrance. It's the gate of remembrance. The scripture in 1 Chronicles chapter 16 says this. It says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works. Remember the marvelous works which he has done. His wonders and his judgments of his mouth. O seed of Israel, his servants, you children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He says, remember, remember. You know what? I think we get so busy in our lives sometimes, we don't take time to sit back and to remember all the wonderful things that God has done for us. Has God done anything good for anybody here this morning? Has God ever blessed you? Has God ever, has he touched your life? Has he healed your body? Has he, has he blessed your children? Has he, has he given you clothes? Has he given you food? Has he, I mean, yeah, he's done these things. Let's, let's remember. Amen. We need to be a people who, who remember. Isaiah chapter uh, 46 verse 9 says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is like me. We need to remember that it was God that created the universe, that it's God that created us and formed us and fashioned us and has caused us to, to be here and to cause us to be who we are. I like what Psalm 103 says. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Why should we bless the Lord? Why should we bless the Lord, O my soul? Because we forget not all of his benefits. Anybody had a benefit from the Lord? Anybody ever had a, had a peaceful night's sleep? Amen? Anybody ever had the Lord bring something good into your life or, or enhance your life with just riches and blessings and so much? Hey, remember the blessings of the Lord. Anybody got any good friends? Anybody got a wonderful spouse? Guys, I'm... You're learning. I'm proud of you. Let's try that again. Anybody got a wonderful spouse? Woo! Yeah. Did any lady raise their hand? I saw a man. You raised. Okay. All right. All right. We've got two ladies here. Man, we are going to have to make. We're having a relationship series next month. You need to be here. Okay. So remembering who he is and all that he's done is going to lead us. It's going to bring us to that gate of praise to the gate of praise. Psalms 100 says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. praise. Man, I was so glad today. I don't know, uh, 
the Holy Spirit must have been leading Ashley there and, we're, who, and they were picking out the songs. I love that we, we praise the Lord. We, we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. We, we come before him with praise. We, we are thankful to him because we remember all that he's done and who that he is. Amen. Can, can I say very personally, I think our lives need to be filled with more praise to the Lord. I think when we get up in the morning, we need to just take a second and just say, God, I praise you this morning. You're waking me up. You're giving me breath. You've got a purpose for me. You've got plans for me. You've got divine appointments for me. You've got opportunities for me to serve you this day. So, God, I give you praise. Amen? Anybody want to just praise him this morning? Come on, just lift your hands and praise him today. God, we praise you. You're worthy of all of our praise. We bless your name today. We bless your name. And you know what? I don't know about you, but I can't praise the Lord for too long without saying, God, not only do I praise you, but I worship you. Man, when we praise him and we're acknowledging all that he is and all that he does, doesn't it just bring you to a place where you're so humbled that you just want to get down on your, your knees and lift your hands and just worship him? And so I think the gates of worship, Man, I'm glad that we do it at church. I'm glad that we do it on Sundays, but it needs to be a part of, of every day. Every day it needs to be a part of our lives. It needs to be those gates that we uh, go through. Now listen, we're not minimizing the gates of worship or the gate of worship, but can I tell you, I'm not going to say a lot about it because we're going to come back and do a whole service about worship and how important it is in our lives. We need to be people. How many people know that, that the, the highest, the chief aim of man is to worship the Lord and to glorify him forever and forever. Amen? Amen. So gates of worship, gates of worship. And, and then I think as, we, as we're worshiping him, we come to a gate called the gate of lordship. I don't know about you, when I'm worshiping the Lord, I'm really acknowledging who he is. God, that, that you're eternal and you're holy and you're great. You're, 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 your kindness is great and you're merciful. And all of a sudden I recognize that that, the Lord, that God, the one that I'm worshiping, that he is the Lord. He, he's almighty and all-powerful, and, and he's righteous in all of his ways, and, and he deserves to be honored as Lord. Amen? I like it. Psalm 24 puts it like this. It says, the earth is the Lord's and all of its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein, for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. So who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who, who can dwell, who can abide in the, the presence of the Lord? If he's the Lord, if he's almighty, if he's, if he's love and if he's you know, completely love and he's good and, and he's merciful and he's our salvation and he's our strength and he's our hope and our help. How many people, don't you want to hang out with him? Man, I certainly do. So, so who can go and who can abide, who can abide in that holy place. And the scripture says that he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol or sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord. And righteousness, listen to that, I've got this underlined in my scripture, and righteousness, I'd encourage you, underline that, we're going to come back to that, and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the Lord. So lift up your heads, O ye gates. Lift up your heads and be lifted up, you everlasting do doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Now listen, we're going to repeat that verse or the, 
that statement just a few times, but, but when you look it up and if you try and do a little research on who, who are these gates that it's talking about, what are these gates that, that if we open the gates that the king of glory will come in, well, well commentaries talk about a number of different things. One, they say that, it, that it's the gates of heaven and that, that when Jesus was, was resurrected, that the, the gates of heaven were thrown open and that, the, and that the gates opened up and the Lord of glory came and he filled the presence. He filled that place with his, with his return. Others would say that it was the gates of the temple when they made the temple in the Old Testament that they opened the gates, opened the gates and the presence of the Lord will come in and, and we know that that happened from history that when they built the temple and dedicated it that the, the glory of God like a, with a, like a, a thick cloud of smoke came and he filled the, the temple. But you know what I think it also refers to? It says that if, if we'll throw open the gates of our lives, throw open. We walked through gates last week, but if we'll open the gates of our lives today, then I think that the king of glory will come in. Verse 8 says, who is this king of glory? He is the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? He is the Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Amen. He is the Lord of hosts. He is the one who fights battles. He's the one who wins victoriously in all things. How many people want the Lord dwelling in your life today? Amen. So we go through the gate of lordship and we submit ourselves to his lordship. Romans chapter 9 or chapter 10 verse 9 puts it like this. It says, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. So we accept Jesus not just as the forgiver of our sins, and not just the healer of our bodies, not just as the, the Messiah, the fulfillment of prophecy. We receive him as Lord of our lives. Amen. We, so we submit our lives to him. We give our lives to him. And, and he becomes the one who then runs and, and rules and, and manages and directs our lives. Philippians chapter 2 puts it like this. It says, for this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus. Everybody just say that name with me. Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Jesus Christ is Lord. And I want you to know today that he's not just the Lord. He is my Lord today. Amen. I hope he's your Lord. I hope he's the one that you're submitting to in every area of your life. So we give him our lives, and then our lives become his lives. Amen? And so that brings us to, then, if our lives are his lives, how do these, does he want these lives to be lived? And, and I, I've, I've just put it here as the gate of righteousness. The gate of righteousness. Psalm 15 puts it and says, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. Now, depending on what generation you are of, if you're a young person like myself or if you're a 
whatever generation you're of, that sometimes people, when they hear this word righteousness, I know that when I first came to the Lord, when I first accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, that, that righteousness was kind of defined as a list of things not to do, okay? Places you don't go, things you don't do, the kind of girls you don't hang around with, you know, all, the, all those kind of things. It was, it was kind of a focus on external righteousness. And, and, and I think that for some people, there's still a little bit of confusion about, well, is, is, do I have to do works of righteousness to become righteous? And to, it's almost like we have to work for our salvation. Now, listen, we don't work for our salvation, okay? What happens is when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord of our lives, then one of the things that he does is he comes and he gives us his righteousness, you know, I think one of the traits that's overlooked about the life of Jesus Christ is that he lived perfectly and righteously every moment, every second upon the face of the earth. He, he was tempted like, like we are tempted, but in all manners, he passed those temptations. He lived holy and he lived righteously before God. And because of that, the scripture says then righteousness, his righteousness is given to us. So when we accept Jesus, we are made righteous. You're sitting beside righteous people. Amen. You're thinking, wait a minute. You didn't know. You didn't see what he did yesterday, man. You, you should have seen him at the end of the ball game. And what happened, you know, when things went. Okay, listen. We are made righteous. And then as we work out our salvation with fear and trembling before God, we make a choice to submit our lives to God so we can then live righteous. Amen? And righteous is not about an external appearance, about how, how you know, we, we look. And what it is, it's about living a rightly ordered, rightly directed life. It's about living a life that's ordered by the word and by the spirit of Almighty God. I like what Matthew chapter 5 says, verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. As we begin to live out the righteousness of Jesus Christ in our lives, as we begin to say, God, I want your righteousness, I want your right order in my life, in the way that I think, in the way that I act, in the way that I talk. Anybody ever needed any help with any of those areas, right? Right? God, we seek for your righteousness, your rightness to live in us and through us. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things, everything that's needed for life, will be added to us. I like how Psalm 33 puts it. It says, Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with the harp, make melody to him with an instrument of ten strings. How many people who say, Well, I can't play anything? Look, hold up those hands. What you got there? And you can clap. You can worship the Lord with an instrument of ten strings, right? Okay? So, it says, um, sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. For the word of the Lord is right. It's right. The word of the Lord is right. And all his work is done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full, is full of the goodness of the Lord. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. God wants his rightness to flow through our lives. And I like this. 
Psalm 5, chapter 5, verse 12 says, For you, O Lord, you bless the righteousness. You bless the righteous. With favor, you will surround him as with a shield. Why is it, why is it that we should, should live out righteous lives? Because God seeks to bless the rightness of our lives. God seeks to increase the rightness of our lives. God crowns our life with favor and with good things because of the right order of our lives. Scripture here says, for you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. That would be the next gate. And again, we're not going to spend a lot of time with this today, but, but the gates of blessings. How many people want the blessings of God in their life? Amen. Man, I, I don't know about you. I couldn't live without the blessings of God. Be at that place where God fills our lives with every good thing. And, and the most important thing that he fills our life with is himself. Amen? Or are we on the same page? Well, no, I'd rather have, I'd rather have some, some money or I'd rather have some food or I'd rather have some fun. Listen, can I tell you this? That, that, that the, greatest thing, the greatest thing we're going to experience in heaven is the fullness of the presence of Almighty God. I mean, we really—it really are. It, I'm just telling you, it's gonna—it's gonna be amazing that we're gonna experience love without restriction, without the bondage of of this of this 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 flesh. We're we're gonna experience His joy and peace and and all that God is, all that God brings into our lives, because of His presence. So His presence is gonna be the greatest thing. Now we know God's a good God. He's a good Father. He's uh, the best Father ever, right? And and he wants our lives filled, filled to overflowing with all that we need. And let me say this. God is not just God of enough. He's not just God of enough. Just, just, he doesn't want to just give you enough for your life. He wants to fill our lives to overflowing so that we can live in a place of generosity with our lives. Are you hearing this this morning? He, he wants your life to be so filled with with blessing, with, with the blessing of peace that you can share your peace with somebody else. As a matter of fact, Jesus told his disciples, if you go into a city and that city accepts you, then let your peace abide on the whole city. How many people know that we are the influencers, not the influenced? Amen? So, so we want God. God wants to fill our life with every good thing so that we can demonstrate generosity and and I just tell you, that's one of the gates that God wants us to go through is, as individuals, as people, is to live generously. And when I'm saying living generously, I'm not just talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not just talking about money. Uh, because sometimes you can, it's a lot easier to give money than it is to give other stuff. Amen? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? All right? There's times, I, well, I'd rather hire somebody to go help you get your car out of the ditch than me go out there and do it, right? There's, there's times it's, more convenient, more, it's easier, it's less invasive on our lives if we, if we give money. But God says to live our lives generously. I like what the, the uh, scripture says. It says, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. That's the New Living Translation. The, the English Standard Version puts it like this. It says, whoever, whoever brings blessing will be enriched. And the one who waters, the one who waters will himself be enriched. Do you know how that you can enrich your life? Do you know how that you can assure that there's blessing in your life? By being a blessing to somebody else. 
by, by being an encourager to somebody else, by, 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 by letting somebody else know that you believe in them and that you're on their side and that you're praying for them. And that's one of the best ways to bless others. Uh, to, is to, to be blessed is to bless others. Folks, I'm telling you, there are some people in our world that they need somebody just to come along and to, and to sow a word of encouragement to them and pat them on the back and say, hey, you know what, you're going to make it. Hang in there. Don't give up. Don't, I mean, there's people that are dealing with depression, and I think what they need, they just need a friend to come along and say, hey, come on, come have a cup of coffee with me. Come on, spend some time together. Come on, let's, let's share our life stories. I'm telling you, sharing our lives is where the blessing of God really comes. Amen? Amen. So I believe that, um, that God wants us to do that. Deuteronomy chapter 26 says this. It says, when you've finished laying aside all the tithes of your increase in the third year, the year of tithing, and have given it to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, so that they may eat within your gates and be filled. Now, I'm, I mean, this is not a message on tithing, but, but in the Jewish um, calendar, in the Jewish cycle of life, of life that um, every third year they would, they would take up an extra tithe. So they'd give their normal tithes, but then they would take up an extra tithe, and that tithe would specifically go to the priest, to the Levites, to the stranger, okay, to the person who wasn't just part of the normal family, to the fatherless, and to the widow. You know what? God says, you need to be generous. You need to be focused on others so you don't just get caught up in living for yourself. Amen. There's a blessing to this. How many people have found out it is a blessing to be able to be generous, to be able to give and sow into the lives of others? Yeah, I mean, there really, really is. And I, I think all the things that we've talked about there this morning, all these gates, they kind of paint the picture of a really beautiful life, a life filled with, lived under the lordship of Jesus Christ, a life filled with with praise and worship and, and filled with blessings and, and, and filled with generosity and, and just all these things. It paints a picture of, of a really, really beautiful life. How many people say, that? man, that's a beautiful life. I'd like to live that kind of a life. Man, I really, really would. So here's the question. Yeah, I know that it sounds great. And here's, I'll just read from my notes. Then why is this not the picture of many saved, Jesus-following, spirit-filled, church-going people. Why isn't this what our lives really look like? Why, is it what we're, why isn't it what we're experiencing day in and day out? And, and, and I think there's probably multiple reasons, but one thing I want to address today is that I think that there's a, there's a disconnect, there's a, that, that, that there's a difference between Living by reason or living by revelation? Seriously, okay, you, you might want to write that down. There, there's a huge difference between living by reason, reason, what I understand, what, um, and, 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 and listen, I'm not saying we shouldn't have reason in our lives. I'm just saying it's not where we start. It's not the foundation of our life. Listen, we got a society all around us that the foundation upon which they build is the foundation of reason. What seems reasonable? What can I wrap my mind around? What can I understand? How, can I, how do I perceive that life should be lived and that things should be done? We're either going to live by revelation or we're going to live by reason. Can I say, if we start with reason, 
we will miss revelation. But if we'll start with revelation, you know what I believe? I believe we'll get reason and revelation. We'll get an understanding of the word. We'll get a wisdom that comes by the spirit of God. We, we, we start in faith. We start in faith, not in reason. Reasons, what, what feels right or what feels good. How many people have ever said, what feels good yesterday may not feel good today. So does that mean reason changes, right? Anybody ever started an exercise plan? Felt pretty good the first day, right? How many people say, I don't know about that second day. My feelings have changed, right? Feelings change. And so then our reason and our, our understanding changes. The, the, the definition of good changes. And so then how do we live our lives with, I just want to reason and be good no, it's not about living by reason reason becomes varied in every person and, and then what happens is we find out we come to a place where, where so many people are today in living their lives they, they come to a place where there are no absolutes in their life that every day becomes a new day and every day becomes a, just a, a, a new process of reasoning out how do I feel? How do I feel about that person? How do I feel about my spouse? How do I feel about my kids? How do I feel about my world in which I live? And, and so then I'm always caught up in this reason and, and I don't have any real foundation from which to live my life. And can I tell you that if you don't have a real foundation, if you don't have a strong starting point, if you don't have, if you don't have some real mile markers along the way, you'll never come to the life that is filled with the beauty and the glory and the and the purpose and the passion and, the, and all of the things that God wants your life to be filled with. Listen, God is not trying to limit our lives. God's trying to bring a release in our lives and through our lives. That, that, that's his purpose. See, where there's no absolutes, then this leads to a place of lawlessness where everybody becomes a law unto themselves. The Bible tells us that in the last days that there will be a release of the spirit of the Antichrist and lawlessness. Lawlessness means no control, no restraint. I do what I want, when I want. And, and then we hear people saying things, well, I can do whatever I want with my body because it only affects me. How many people know it, don't, it, doesn't, just affect, it doesn't just affect you, right? The drunk driver running, driving down the street and running into the family and killing the innocent children. It, it doesn't just affect them. The drug addict that steals from his family and wastes his life away, it doesn't just affect him. It affects that mom and that family and those kids and those sons and those daughters. You see, I believe that this is the mindset of hell and it has no place in the life of a believer, of a follower of Jesus Christ. That, that, that's so, so we're not going to yield ourselves to reason. We're going to start with faith and we're going to say, God, I'm going to live by the revelation of your word and by your spirit. I like this. Matthew chapter 16. And Jesus has got his disciples with him and they're coming into this area. As a matter of fact, I, I watched a video on this just this past week um, from a guy named Ray Vanderlin. Has anybody ever heard of him? You might want to look it up. But, um, but listen, Jesus brings his disciples into the area of uh, Caesarea, Caesarea Philippi, and then he asks his disciples, he says, 
who do men say that I am? Who do men say that Jesus is? And some of them began to respond, and they said, some say John the Baptist, and some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But he looked at them, and he said, well, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And the, the disciples began to kind of be quiet, but all of a sudden, Simon Peter chirps up, and he says, you are the Christ. You're the son of the living God. You're the Savior, the Messiah. You're the hope of all of my life. I like what Jesus does. Jesus looks at him, and he says, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Folks, get this. There are some things in this life, there are some understandings that we cannot get from flesh and blood and textbooks and newspapers and Fox News. We have to get it from God. We have to get it from His Word. We have to get it from His Spirit. He says, God, but flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell, church, get this, the gates of hell shall not prevail against God's church. The gates of hell will not, they don't have authority over your life. The gates of hell do not prevail against you. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I know there's been some misunderstanding about this scripture through the years. Can I say that, that the, the true uh, rendering, the true reading of what this says, it says that, and whatever has been loosed in heaven will be loosed on earth. And whatever's already being bound in heaven will be bound on earth. You know what's bound in heaven? Lies and hatred and, and prejudice and, and discord and, 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 and murder and envy and deceit and jealousy. Man, those things are bound. They have no place. The works of the devil have no place. They're not in heaven. And so you and I, you and I then have an assignment. And I don't think we just have an assignment. I believe we are an assignment. Hey, get this this morning. We don't just have an assignment. You are an assignment. You were, you, you, you were formed and fashioned. You were wonderfully created in your mother's womb with design and purpose and intention. And God has a plan for your life. God sent you to earth. God put you on earth. God saved you by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. God filled you with his spirit. God gives you his word. God stays with you. He never takes his eye off of you because you are an assignment of heaven on earth. You're here to release heaven on earth. Amen? You really are. So we go through this, rate of, this gate of revelation to gain everything that God wants to give us, but also so that we can give, so we can give our lives, so that we can demonstrate to the world what they need. To get to Jesus Christ. Remember that scripture we started with? Go through, go through the gate, prepare the way, remove the obstacles so others can come to know Jesus. Let me say it again. We're either going to live by revelation or by reason. If we start with reason, we're going to miss revelation. But if we start with revelation, we get both and more. Amen? Look, God's a God of revelation. God wants to reveal himself to us. He delights to reveal himself to us. He delights to lead us and to guide us and to show us the, 
the way that he wants to go. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that when the Holy Spirit, when Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit being poured out in our lives, he said this. He said the Holy Spirit will come and he will live with you and he will live in you and he will show you the way to go. He'll tell you about the things to come. Deuteronomy chapter 29 puts it like this. It says that the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us. God, excuse me, God wants to bring revelation into our lives. I'm telling you, God's trying to, he's trying to open the gates. He's, he's trying to open the way for us to know him better, to know more about who he is and what he does. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 sums it up like this. It says, these things, these spiritual things, God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit will search everything, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him. So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have not received, listen to this, we have not received the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God that he, that we might understand freely. God wants to freely give us understanding so that we will know how to live in this world. Titus goes a little further. He says this, he says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people. Training, okay, where's this training come from? It comes through the revelation of his word and his spirit. Training us to renounce ungodliness, worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, righteous, and godly lives. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit comes to train us by his word and by his spirit to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. Reason. Sometimes seems reasonable to have worldly passions and to live in ungodly ways and to lie and cheat and steal and, and if you can get by with something, right? But can I tell you that, that the, as we let these things have any part in our lives, we're limiting the great things that God wants to pour into and through our lives. Uh, I, I, he, that's why this, this hunger for righteousness, we cultivate it. Look, he goes on and he says this, so we renounce ungodliness and worldly passions to live self-controlled, righteous, rightly ordered, rightly designed, rightly led lives, and godly lives in this present age. You, you want that life of beauty? You want that life filled with the presence of God? You want that life where, where praise and worship just erupts in your lives? Can I tell you? that it doesn't happen over here in, the, in worldliness. It doesn't happen over here in reason. It doesn't happen over here in, 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 in the things of the flesh. It happens over here in the things of the Spirit. It happens when we live by the revelation of the Word of God and, and the things that the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts and to our minds. So let's live godly in this present age, in this present age waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, who gave himself to redeem us from all lawlessness. Lawlessness. Can I, can I add one little caveat in here? Do you know why we submit our lives to Jesus as Lord? Because only people under authority can operate in authority. 
we, we, we want to we kind of push back on it. I want to live my own life, do my own thing, be my own person, right? So I go and shop the same place all the other people shop. They want to be their own person, you know. I look just like them, act just like them, and I'm my own person. No, that doesn't result in the fullness and the blessing and the beauty of life. So he redeems us from all lawlessness. He redeems us from the things that are going to hurt us and hinder us and confuse us. He pours out the revelation of his love and of his grace and of his mercy. Anybody need any mercy in their lives? Anybody, anybody ever needed any mercy in your life? You know what mercy is, right? Right? Mercy, not getting what we do deserve. Right? Mercy. So he's redeemed us from all the lawlessness, lawlessness to purify to himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Guys, listen, I, I, I really do want, want us to know that we don't work to get righteous. But from the finished work of Jesus Christ, we are empowered to live righteous lives. To live lives that line up, that imitate, that, that show the beauty of Jesus Christ. That show the, the peace of Jesus Christ. Are you going to have problems? You're going to have issues? You go through the gate, right? And then the next day you fall on your face, right? <laughs> Do you know what I, can I, I, I know it's Yvette, not, but can I tell you, she got up um, after we went to the doctor. She went to the doctor Monday, and they told her she had her elbow was uh, fractured. We go the next day to the hospital. And, and I loved what she said. And she goes, I praise the Lord. It could have been worse. Right? I, I, I could have broken something else. I could have tripped this one-legged lady. <laughs> right? But this praise and worship filling our lives, I, I don't know about you, but I want to live a life that, that as I walk through, no matter what I have to walk through, that I walk through it with a sense of the abiding presence of the Lord God Almighty. I want to walk through it with His presence and His strength and His grace and His goodness and His peace and His mercy and, and all those other things. So we don't work to get to heaven. We work at bringing heaven here to earth, right? We work at bringing heaven here to earth for our families and for our friends and for the needy, for the hurting, for the discouraged, for the lost. We, we bring heaven to earth for nations and for generations. I don't know about you, but I, I want to live a life that, that, that's cutting a path that's going to make it for easier for the next generation and for generations to come to live in the presence and in the fullness of Almighty God. So when we haven't done that, what do we do? Here's three things real quickly. One is we repent. We repent for the times when we've let our reason and our human understanding and our personal desires and the spirit of lawlessness direct us. We repent for it. God, that's not how we want to live. We want to live, Lord. We want to live in, in, in your revelation of who you are and of your word and of your spirit. Amen? 
And so then we receive revelation. And the final thing is, I believe we release righteousness on earth. The Bible says this, it says to every person who is in Christ Jesus, they are predestined to good works. God has a work of heaven that he wants to release on earth through your life. Maybe, maybe it's a word of encouragement. Maybe it's, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a, a manifestation of grace. Maybe it's a demonstration of help. Can I tell you this? You are an appointment here on earth to accomplish God's heavenly purposes. Amen.